Well, it runs around Salzburg. There are you get a great view of the city. You um, should get a great idea of some of the history of Salzburg. Um, you make two stops. They're both sound and music related places. For example, that little gazebo, which always brings a little bit of romanticism into the tour. And the major house, which they used in the movie. Then after a little bit of a, a heavy bashing of information, you head to the country, the tour relaxes, you, you absorb some wonderful scenery, you go through some lakes, some mountains, um, and you visit some lovely little villages in the Austrian countryside. Clean. That's beautiful, Isn't perfect. Spotless spotless, spotless. People are spotless, the cars are spotless. Everything's spotless. Little voice, little voice, every morning you greet me. The Austrian people were 75% to 80% in favour of the annexation. The reason for this was they watched their, the people in Germany, the promises the Nazis made of a better life. They were very tough times. There was a large part of the population illegally organized, even maybe for the last 10 years. Therefore, the annexation of Austria was really made or done with a minimum of us. An unabashed fan of some of the policies of Adolf Hitler is now one of the most powerful politicians in Austria. Every house on the 13th of March 1938 had a Nazi flag in preparation for, for the arrival of Hitler. And every third person, second person, whatever, was instead of their work uniform in a prepared Nazi uniform. I have a secret. Something no one knows anything about. Except you. Or you will soon. I'm Nicholas Hammond and Many years ago, I played Friedrich von Trapp in a film called The Sound of Music. You see, I'm ashamed. It's an addiction. No, not drugs. Gambling, if only. It's far more embarrassing than that. It seems to be something that people still like to see, and the family seems to be a family that people still kind of relate to. My addiction renders my life a fantasy, a world inhabited by smiling blondes who beckon me, like this. I only have relationships with Austrians, and when we're together, you know, intimately, I imagine that I'm with my fantasy blonde, and of course, nothing can ever really develop, and I can't develop, which is why I'm here talking to you. 
people get on the tour dressed up. People come as nuns. People come with guitars and, and all sorts of stuff. And I encourage that, you know. It, should, it adds a bit of atmosphere to the whole tour. Well, Austrians or...? No, of course, Australians and, and Americans. The Austrians just don't do the tour. They just don't do it? No, not interested. I Australians come dressed as nuns? Of course they do. I mean, this is... I think it adds to the, to the whole era of The Sound of Music. The Sound of Music tour, as, as I see it. I'm Friedrich. I'm 14. I'm impossible. <laughs> really? It was a great character to play, largely because, for me, um, I was completely in awe of Christopher Plummer. And it was easy to, to play a boy who is completely in awe of his father and desperately wants his father's approval. And I was just completely in love with Julie, you know, just absolutely, totally in love with her. You see, since the age of 10, I've been in love with Captain Georg von Trapp. Yes, the sound of music Captain von Trapp. I've been in love with him and imagined myself as his wife, lover, and even his child. Nearly 30% of Austrian voters have bought the fiercely anti-immigrant, extremist right-wing policies of the flamboyant, Porsche-driving populist Jörg Haider. The son of a former Nazi official has in the past openly praised some of the policies of the Nazi regime. The rise of Haider is not something what comes out of the blue. What now becomes evident that uh, comparably large percentages of Austrians, of almost 30%, are supporting this right-wing party. And Haider himself presents himself as a kind of uh, Austrian Tony Blair, young, successful, uh, good-looking, uh, charismatic, um, brilliant orator, and uh, the messages which he is now disseminating um, attract a large number of Austrians, but not all. And the response in Austria itself shows that Austria more or less is split. Clean. That's beautiful, perfect. Spotless. Spotless. As a child, I believed that being born blonde was the first and essential step to being successful and happy. Bottle blonde was not an option, because to me blonde was not simply a hair colour. Blondes were blonde inside and out. Blondes could do cartwheels and handstands. Their sandwiches were white and fresh with delicious pink fillings. Ham, jam, corned beef. Come and we'll walk around, and I, I can give you a better view now because of the um, the trees here. But um, yeah, if you look across the lake, you'll you'll notice that there's that big white house there, and you probably recognise it straight away. The most important features of the house that um, will stand out to you will be the terrace area. And they sh they filmed a couple of scenes here on this terrace where. Um, you remember there was a scene where good old Rolf, the postman, our friend, he came round with that little rock and threw it up at the window trying to get Liesel out of bed that morning. The Nazi. The Nazi guy. Well, you shouldn't talk about that in Austria right oh, now because no. it's a topical subject. <laughs> but yeah, the little Nazi guy. What are you doing there? Oh, Captain Von Trapp. 
I was just looking for. I didn't see. I mean, I didn't know you were... Heil Hitler! Blondes were Church of England. They went to fellowship and had no problems with monkey bars. Blondes had Christmas trees with angels on top and Christmas presents and brown legs and golden down. My mother didn't look very Jewish, you know. Sometimes, you know, you, you look it a little bit and the, the, the Austrians were very aware of, of the looks. And we didn't look particular Jewish. My brother was very blonde and I was blonde too at the time. So I really didn't experience much personal uh, aggravation and trouble. But uh, we were listening to stories. There was a particular Jewish district where many, many religious Jews lived. It was the second district. After the First World War, they came from Poland. And they suffered much more than we little bit assimilated uh, Jews who didn't look any different from the others. But so being blonde helped. Being blonde helped. My family was not blonde, and to me life was a secret club, and I didn't know the password. A secret club that was only kept secret from me. That was until I decided to become a Von Trapp. Kind of amazingly, none of us had ever met them. And uh, no, it had never occurred to anybody, I don't think, to put the two of us together. You know, the seven Von Trapps from the film and the seven, or however many there are now, real ones. And the Austrian government finally did it. The Austrian government uh, uh, flew all of us to New York and flew them to New York along with a, a lot of Austrian people. And it was basically, it was a way to kind of acknowledge the fact of what an extraordinary asset to the tourism of Austria over the last 35 years, um, their family story has been, which is slightly ironic because at the time we made the film, the Austrian government really wasn't happy at all about having us there and, and didn't cooperate at all with the making of the film. They didn't like the fact that there were scenes with people dressed in Nazi uniforms walking, marching up and down the streets and hanging swastikas from the tops of buildings and that kind of thing. And they just didn't understand, of course, as no one did, what the impact of this film was going to be. It was logical, the final solution. The only way I'd escape a life of persecution and garlic breath. All these years, my mother had warned me of the dangers of anti-Semitism. Our neighbors in Marubra, all potential enemies. The newsagent, the Latvian deli owner, the Greeks, the English, even the Chinese, God forbid, could and probably would one day turn on my family. In the past, the Freedom Party leader, Jörg Haider, has publicly praised what he called the orderly employment policies of Adolf Hitler and claimed that former members of the Waffen-SS were decent people of good character who stuck to their convictions. His policies are a kind of right-wing conservative platform based on the overriding image of Austria first and the rest has to follow. In Austria, 
which is based on what you could call uh, more or less of a monocultural society and which should curb or reduce any foreign influence. And that kind of xenophobic message, that kind of hostility, is of course directed yeah, against the many refugees which have sought refuge in Austria. At a very early age, my mother warned me that should I ever take a Gentile husband, guaranteed he would one day turn on me and call me a Jewish bitch. That seemed to be the greatest of all her fears. But if I were a von Trapp, I would be safe forever. Singing my way out of trouble, far from Nazis, and all under the protective wing of my beloved Georg von Trapp. Captain von Trapp was a very, very uh, loyal Austrian of the old guard, uh, from the military and so on. And I don't know if he, he would have been so much anti-Nazi, but the idea that Austria ceased to exist, that was against his claim completely. If it would have been presented in a different uh, way, that he, Austria keeps his name and Austria keeps his own uh, individual government, I'm sure he wouldn't have been so much against. I mean, the irony is, is that he received his baronet for submarining British ships during World War I. You know, in the film we consider him this kind of military hero. You know, there's a line in the film where I think one of the girls, the oldest girl, says, oh, well, they won't hurt father because he was decorated by the emperor. Well, he was decorated by the emperor for the number of British ships he sunk. But I do think it is true that he refused to serve in the Third Reich Navy. And so I think you have to accept the fact that that was a very courageous thing to do at the time, especially given the fact that, you know, the Anschluss started in Austria and Hitler was an Austrian. So carried away was I by my fantasy of becoming a Von Trapp that by ten I had trouble separating my world from theirs. Eventually, at least in my mind, I became a Von Trapp. Outside the, the Nonberg Abbey. It's the oldest Benedictine Abbey in the German speaking world. It goes back to around about 700. This is the actual abbey where Maria and the captain were married. The big gates that we're standing in front of now, you'll remember from the movie, where the kids dashed in to try and ask for Maria that day and she, they were told that she was in isolation. Oh, that's such a shit. Left the family. That's right, that's right. Because yeah. she'd found out that he was engaged. Exactly. To the yeah, you're right. So there was the gate scenes here, and later on in the movie, 
If you remember, the nuns pulled the part of the motor out to stop the Germans' car moving, if you remember. Holy Mother, we have sinned. So there were two scenes filmed right on this location we're standing at. It was quite easy. No one even really noticed, and I didn't tell them. I spoke with only a slight accent, which most people attributed to my first kindergarten teacher, Auntie Stella, having been from Heidelberg. The fact that I knew every single song from the musical wasn't that strange either. Most people at that time did. I became a blonde on the inside, and for a while I felt happy and safe. But reality was slipping away, and my Austrian affectation started to irritate friends, teachers and my family. I found myself friendless and the butt of many a cruel jerk. There's this sort of what I call a grovel disdain uh, that particularly throughout childhood that we all had, where it's kind of like, you know, everybody goes through a stage, particularly where it's in their late teens, where it's very uncool to like the sound of music. So, of course, it's very uncool to be in the sound of music. It's even more uncool if you were in it. And yet, you know, you get this kind of mixed signal because on the one hand, you know, you've got all these people kind of constantly asking you about it. But on the other hand, you've got all these people sort of putting you down and making fun of it and sending it up. And I think, well, that's a kind of strange sort of paradox that I don't think probably too many other people have, have lived with. Cream colored But please, I'd rather not dwell too much on the past. I'm sure you'll find many obvious reasons for my obsession. And in some ways, it helped me to get through a difficult adolescence. When things became too hard, I'd simply retreat into my fantasy world. A world where music solved all problems. Clean. That's beautiful. Perfect. Spotless. 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 People are spotless. The cars are spotless. Everything's spotless. Simply remember my favourite things and then I don't... I suppose it's the eternal dag. I mean, mind you, I was also Marsha Brady's boyfriend on The Brady Bunch, so I, I get a double dag. You know, or a double call, I suppose, whichever way you want to look at it. As I said to Angela Cartwright was out in Australia long ago and, and she played Penny in Lost in Space. And I said, I think you and I are probably the only two people in the world who were depicted twice in the game Mardi Gras last year. Because not only was there a Sound of Music display, but there was also a Lost in Space display and there was a Brady Bunch display. And I said, so I don't think there's anybody else in the world who can claim two representations on two different floats in the Mardi Gras. In 1991, he was forced to resign as governor of a southern province after stating that the Third Reich had a sound employment policy. In 1995, he praised a meeting of SS veterans, describing them as men of character and a part of the German army that should be honoured. Last year, he compared the deportation of Jews by the Nazis with the expulsion of Germans from Czechoslovakia after the war. It's a stand that's seen him and his party grow in support and stature. And naturally enough, he's attracted a large number of fellow travellers. You're probably wondering how I've lived with this split so long. You're not the first person I've seen about it, you know. 
When I was at university, trying to reconcile my understanding of European history with my passion for all things Austrian, I had to seek professional help. They say they were the victims, and I am vouching for it, and I will stand up in Vienna and scream it from the rooftops that I was there. What an enthusiastic reception Adolf Hitler got on the 14th of May, the day after the 13th of May of the annexation. The thousands of people who cheered him, waved their flags and put their babies in front of him to hug and to kiss him. This is the usual politician thing. And we Jews cringed in our homes and said, what next? But to tell you the truth, when it seemed that a cure might be possible, I backed off. I didn't know what would be left, if anything. We lost track of the time. Ah, I yes. see. Yes. All right, now who's going to be the first one to tell me the truth? Friedrich? You look like you're being transported back <laughs> into I? the film. Well, what I, what I keep remembering when I look at it is I just remember the day we were filming it. Because I can remember... I, I can remember everything about it. It's just amazing. When, when Julie's going to come through the bushes behind. But it was, it was just a nice moment because in a lot of the film we're, we're kind of on and off really quickly. And this was sort of a long extended moment with an emotional through line to it of being sad and, and then when she comes on shifting. And, I, and it's great to see them all again, I have to say. There she is. Here she comes, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you be happy to see that? <laughs> yeah. There you are, running Yes, yes, running in a slightly ungainly way. <laughs> and thrilled that she pulled my hat down over my face. At one stage, I tried substituting one fantasy world for another. I went to Spain to study flamenco and even fell in love with a dance teacher. But after a while, Spain struck me as overstated and the flamenco dancer ran off with a Basque marching girl. on for a while, my only comfort being the video that I'd brought along just in case.
It was completely out of control. I could no longer function without it, without Austria, without the family, without my beloved captain. What was once a harmless fantasy had become a nightmare. I had to go to Austria to reconnect with my fantasy roots. Have sing-alongs on your tour? For sure. I, I will always encourage a sing-along. It is the one part of the, the tour where you can sort out the people that are quite relaxed about being on the bus and some people that are still fighting amongst themselves and within themselves about, um, about this tour. Should I sing? Should I not? They're with their new girlfriend, they're with their mum or whatever and it's, it, it's a tough call for some people. Most people get into it, most people sing along and the bus just booms along. Because no. I was going to say you'd sing favourite things up of here. Of course you would, but um, since we're in it, in the room, maybe we could sing it. Are you going to sing Maria's part? I'll sing Maria's part. Okay. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright comfort kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. It's amazing, isn't it, being we've in this well. room and, and being able to it. sing it. You can sing even better. It's better than singing in the shower. Da, 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 exactly. Da, da, da. Girls with in white dresses with blue, blue satin, satin sashes. sashes. Snowflakes that fall on my nose and eyelashes. Silver white winters <laughs> that melt into springs. These are a few of my favourite. You're good on that chorus. <laughs> okay, let's go into the next room. Okay. Let's say, and we speculate, that there's a total revision and uh, a rebuilding of an extreme right-wing nationalistic um, state and even an extreme form of that what Haider is proclaiming. Then I think the first people who would be put on a bus or on a train or on a truck would be gypsies, Turks, people who had and are still seeking refuge, the foreigners. But I overdid it. Gorged myself on Salzburg and everything that I'd been craving. And in the process got a whole lot that I hadn't bargained for. Oh, 
You say I'm cured, and it's true. I no longer fantasize about the captain, or being blonde, or Austrian, or any of that old stuff. Instead, I have nightmares, panic attacks, and at best, emptiness. Just the mention of that family makes me tremble. When I hear the songs, I throw up. And I don't believe I could ever watch the film again. But it's true, I have a relationship now with a real person. Hi, honey, I'm home. A person who's not blonde. And as we speak, I am heavy with child. Yes, I'm cured. But to be frank, I do miss the passion. Why am I here now? These walls were not built to shut out problems. You have to face them. You have to live the life you were born to live. Because I want you to help me get it back.